your way. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. It's time to get started. Come on, stand to your feet. Simple praise that simply says, God made me. He made me who I am. Yes. Song says, I'm a conqueror. I'm victorious and I won't be stopped and I won't be blocked.
Almighty God, our Father, we enter into your presence this morning with joy and thanksgiving. Thank you for this another day. We thank you, Father God, for breathing into us the breath of life. We thank you, Father God, because you made us. You know all about us. And so at this time, we just say thank you. Thank you for life and the journey that you've taken us on. Thank you for the opportunity this morning to worship. We worship you, Father God, in spirit and in truth. And just right now, we invite the presence of the Holy Spirit to just come in and sit a while. We thank you now. We ask you, Father God, for looking in on those who are sick, who are shut in, and who had a desire to be here but can't. And so we pray your peace right now in their lives. We thank you right now for those, Father God, who heard your cry and who turned their lives over to you and who come and who serve you, Father God, and in spirit and in truth. We thank you, Father God, for this K Chapel family. We thank you for all that you've done for us and for the journey that you've taken us on. We thank you for our pastor, for his leadership, and for his guidance, and for his direction for these, your people. We thank you for the board of deacons and for every auxiliary in this church. And we pray right now that in all that we do, we do so in giving you glory and giving you praise because you and you alone are worthy of all praise and all glory and all honor. And so we thank you this morning now. And Father God, as we observe this another Memorial Day, we just thank you now for the men and women in uniform who gave their lives for this country and for all that we believe in. And so we thank you for their courage and their valor and their sacrifice. Be with us now as we go through the balance of this service. We pray now through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit that you would just stay with us. In the name of Jesus, I do pray. Amen. Simple song says, Lord, here's my worship. I brought it for you to be happy with it, to inhabit it. We want to put a smile on your face this morning, God. Here we go. Here's my worship. Here's my worship. Take joy in it. Take joy in it. Your dwelling place. place. I want to put a smile on your
again. Assembled in God's house. As the song just said, here's our worship. And it said, smile. In days like this, sometimes that can be hard for us. When we turn on the news and hear about all conflicts all over the world, it's hard to smile. But all we have to do is think about what the Lord has done for us. All we have to do is think about how far God has brought us from the darkest of days. The midnight hours where we didn't know which way to go, but God was there. So on this morning, on this Memorial Day holiday weekend, let us touch our neighbor and let us look to the Lord and remember what God has done for us. Oh, most holy God. We come here as a collective body, worshiping your holiness, your power, and your love. Dear God, we know that we have not done all that we should have, but you loved us anyway. Dear God, you have taken care of us you put food on our tables, clothes on our backs. Dear God, you have allowed us the activity of our limbs, the soundness of our minds. And so, dear God, we gather together to say thank you and hallelujah for loving us so. Now, dear God, as we start this worship service this morning. We ask that everything will be done in decency and in order. Dear God, we ask that everything that is done here may bring glory and honor to you. Dear God, we ask that you bless the man of God who is coming this morning to share your word with us today. So dear God, we ask that you prepare our minds, our hearts, and our ears to hear the message that you have for us. And dear God, we ask that you touch our hearts and change our minds in order that when we leave here, we're different from the way we came in. Dear God, we ask that you bless those that wanted to be here but could not. They may be in the hospital room. They may be in the prison cell. Dear God, we ask that you touch them, touch their families, touch those who are in the hospital rooms. Dear God, we know that you are a healer. You are a protector. You are a comforter, dear God. So in every case, we ask that you whisper into their ears and their family's ears and let them know that, remind them of the promise. You said you'd never leave us or forsake us. Dear God, we ask that you wrap your arms around us Keep us in your care. And now, dear God, we ask that you hear this prayer.
that's uttered in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let the church say amen. 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 Oh, we want to put a smile on his face this morning. Come on, lift your voice with us this morning. Come on. Here's my worship. Here's my to be treated you will be okay in this life amen we're going to ask that you join us now in our response to reading followed by the congregation of him and we're going to ask you to please stand at this time and may we all read the responsive together or strong again please for by faith we stand. One final time. For by faith we stand. Amen. Our congregation this morning is one that's so important. We want you to just please give your all and all. How many of you know that you stand up for Jesus? Amen. That's what we're going to ask you to do this morning. Stand up, stand up for Jesus.
with all of his many blessings, who would not stand up for Jesus? We do that every day of our lives, whether we know it or not. So we encourage you to use that message in that song as a very special thing that we all should and need to do. Amen. going to pause now just for a few announcements. Again, thank you for lending your voices. Sister Linda, Linda Butler's brother-in-law passed away. His name is Willie Henderson, and we ask you to please pray for that, that family. I understand that the service will be on next Saturday, and we ask you to please again keep that uh, family in your prayers. Also, ask that you remember all of our sickness shedding members, of course. We ask you to pray for the Buchanan family. Uh, Sister Buchanan did uh, go into the hospital. Hopefully she's out now, but I ask you to please continue to pray. In fact, we ask you to just pray for all of our sick and shut-in members. Amen? Sister Irma Braxton is in the Baptist Hospital, room 4113, and I know that that family would appreciate just you just praying with them uh, for a fast recovery. Also, we have a thank you note here, a special note of thanks straight from my heart, and this is from Sister Barbara Nash. We ask that you pray for others that we may not know, that you may know already. But I tell you what, just be smart and just pray for everybody. Amen. And then finally, pray for yourself. At this time, we're going to get some additional announcements from the media. Media, you on? Good morning, Kate Chapel. Our men's day activities are just around the corner. On Monday, June the 4th, join us for bowling at 6.30 p.m. at Metro 24 off Lynch Street. The cost is $25 for adults and $15 for youth. And on Friday, June the 8th, join us for a three-on-three basketball tournament here at the Willie Wright Family Life Center at 7 p.m. You must be 15 years or older to participate. And on Saturday, June the 9th, participate in a skeet shooting tournament at 12 noon at Brother Troy Lester's Ranch. The cost is $15 and you need to bring your own gun. And on Sunday, June the 10th, at 11 a.m., we will have our annual Men's Day celebration. The 2018 Summer Reading Program, Building a Better World Through Reading, will take place on June the 11th through the 15th from 8 a.m. to 12 noon. Registration forms are available in the Fellowship Hall and the foyer. See Sister Bonnie McNeil-Harris or Sister Allison Morgan for additional information. Today is the last Sunday for you to sign up for Camp Cade. The camp will take place on June the 4th through the 8th from 7.30 a.m. to 1 p.m., here at Cade, and the cost of camp is only $60. Please stop by the Old Fellowship Hall and sign up your child today. Vacation Bible School will take place here at Cade from June the 11th through the 14th, beginning at 5 p.m. nightly with dinner provided. You can stop by the Old Fellowship Hall for more information and to pre-register, go to the Cade Chapel app. We'll see you there. The Nate Ruffin Scholarship Board will host its 14th annual Swing for Knowledge Golf Classic on Friday, June the 15th at the Whisper Lake Country Club. This three-man scramble is looking for team players and sponsors. Stop by the Old Fellowship Hall for more information or see any member of the scholarship board. The first weekend in June is our Youth Weekend Celebration. Please plan to participate in these following activities. On Saturday, June the 2nd, the youth will leave Cape Chapel at 9.30 a.m. to conduct a community service project at the Hope House. After conducting approximately two hours of service, the youth will return to Cape where the Children's and Fresh Wind Teen Choirs will practice at noon in the sanctuary. The youth picnic will begin at 1 p.m. and following that, we will have an epic mixed-age basketball game starting at 2. Check out this lineup for the game.
about the Youth Day weekend activities. And please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events. And to share your ministry news with the K-Chapel family, just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com or you can go to the Submit Info tab on the K-Chapel app. But be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. I just have a note here saying that Sister Lucia Green will be speaking at New Bethlehem Church today, I believe, at uh, 11 o'clock and ask for the prayers of the church. Also, I have in my hand here the annual music workshop clinic just around the corner. For those of you who may be interested, if you'll see us, we'll try to get you scheduled and on time. This time now, we're gonna pause for a time and hour of service where we all can participate. We're gonna ask all of our visitors, if you are a visitor, if you are not yet a member of this congregation. So if you're not there yet, we're going to ask you to please stand. Let us thank you for coming and invite you back. All visitors, please stand up. Stand up, visitors. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Remain standing. We want you to know on behalf of our senior pastor, Reverend Reginald Buck, our pastor, Mitchell, Reverend Horace Buckler, all the members of the K-Chapel family, just so happy that you chose to wish with us today. If you're just visiting, please come anytime it's scheduled allow. But if by chance you're here just on this special occasion, we're going to ask you again to please stand, remain standing, and we're going to give you something that you can only get, not that, here at K-Chapel Mission Baptist Church. This Go is our fellowship here. Won't you reach out and welcome your neighbor? Welcome to K-Chapel.
of the Lord. Let the church say amen. Let's say amen again. Anybody glad to be in the house of prayer one more time? Amen. What a mighty good God we serve. Amen. 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 What's this you got on here? Amen. <laughs> amen. Biker Sunday. Amen. I saw that bike out there. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, we, we began our, our table talks on this past Thursday. Uh, we're inviting the congregation to come out and share with us, uh, with our leadership, as we begin preparing uh, uh, for the design of our new facilities, our new church and new campus. Uh, and I want to thank all of you who came out to share and begin sharing ideas with us, pr very productive talks. Uh, but we want to remind each of you that this is open to the entire congregation. You can come to as many of the table talks as we are having. There are three more scheduled uh, beginning June 5, 6, and 7, June 5th, 6th, and 7th, um, um, just in a couple of weeks. And so they are consecutive uh, meetings just after the other at 6 p.m. each night. They last for about approximately 90 minutes uh, each table talk. And so we want you to come out and be a part of that uh, so that we can hear your voice about what you want to see. Amen. As we move forward in the planning of our new facilities. Amen. God bless you and God keep you is our prayer. Amen. Do me a favor. Do me a favor. Media, uh, can, you, can you do me a favor? Uh, yeah, real quick. There's a scripture in Psalm. Psalm number 127. Psalm number 127, amen, while they are finding that, amen, Psalm number 127. Um, it, it says, it says, beginning with verse 3, uh, I, I'm just doing this because somebody looked at me uh, at that last announcement, so I want to clarify something. <laughs> Psalm 127, verse 3 says, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord and fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with the enemies at the gate. I said all that to say, when you saw Buckley up there talking about basketball, those are not, that's not me. <laughs> that's my children. <laughs> Amen. And I thank God for children. Amen. I see y'all up there. God bless you. They'll be playing. They'll be playing. And so we want to invite you, though, to come out and share with our young people for their youth day. It's going to be a mighty, mighty good time all weekend. They plan some wonderful events. And so come out and, and share and be a part of that as we support our young people in their Christian development. Amen. 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 God bless you, Brother Thickman. Why don't you come? Brother Brown. Brother Brown. Come. Quickly. Not my fault. <laughs> no, okay. This time now we're going to pause for a time now of a service where we all can participate. Just be reminded that during early service we only do one offering that is our benevolent offering. So we're going to ask you to please come and, and give as you have been so blessed. And just remember one thing. You can't be God-given. Amen? We're going to ask those who are ready to do so. You may come forth. And, of course, the choir when we get the message from the pulpit, we'll come and give us all an opportunity to just give as we have been so blessed. But who am I? 
and who are my people that we should be able to give as generous as this. Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. The word of God for the people of God. May of course, ushers.
heavenly and precious Father, God, our maker and our creator. The Lord realize, O oh God, that all things come of thee, and of thy own have we shared with you this morning, O oh Lord. Lord, we pray you're blessed upon the gifts that have been given, O oh Heavenly Father God. We pray, O oh Lord, that you multiply them, Lord, to be used for the advancement of your kingdom. We pray your blessing upon each giver, Heavenly Father God. Yes, sir. In your Son, Jesus' name, we ask it in praise. Amen. Amen. This time we're going to ask that you just say a little prayer for the male course as they come with the final selection for the morning, after which we should be ready for the message for the morning. Choir, won't you come?
let it be known and let it be clear. We can't make it in this world by ourselves. Some have tried and miserably failed and discovered that even though we live in an increasingly individualistic society, that we still need each other. Why don't you look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I need you. 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 You might not like them, but you still need them. You still need them. You still need them. Yes, you do. You still need them. They might get on your nerves, but you still need them. Amen. We need each other. Amen. In this thing called life, we need one another. Amen. Amen. So good to see the Grimes here on this morning, brother and sister Grimes. Good to have you back in the service. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. The Lord certainly is blessing you over in Dallas. Amen. God bless you. But good to have you back home with us here in Mississippi. I want to invite your attention to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And I want to read just two verses, beginning with verse number one. Romans 12, beginning with verse number one there you will find these words recorded i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto god which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. As we continue in our series, Pressure Points, I want to talk from the subject this morning, faith to stand. Faith to stand. This, this morning's message, I, I, I don't want to hold you long this morning, by the way, but uh, th this message, this message is the result of a conversation uh, that I had with our young people uh, some time ago. Uh, and they said to me uh, that one of the things that they as youth deal with in school and in their social circles is the pressure of taking on and getting caught up in what they call mob mentality. Mob mentality. By, by mob mentality, what I understood them to be saying in that conversation is that there are moments, there are movements, and there are mentalities that push through their worlds like a tsunami, picking up everything and everyone in its path. And before they know it, they are fighting to keep from getting caught up in something that they neither had any real intention of being involved in. Mob mentality is that thought or that action or that behavior that is so powerful and so pervasive and so present that it absorbs you and pulls you into new systems of thought and new lifestyles. Mob mentality is that which says to them and to us that it's okay to be and to do and to think like everybody else. 
And here's the real challenge. If you don't become a part of this mass mob mentality, then you will likely become a target of it. And what I heard our young people asking basically is, how do we as young Christians position ourselves so that we don't consciously or unconsciously become a part of the crowd? How do we as young people of faith keep ourselves in a place where we can be advocates for godliness and righteousness and activists for those who find themselves victims of mob behavior? And perhaps the unspoken question in all of that was, and I was just reading between the lines, how do we do all of this and yet maintain some semblance of peer acceptance? In other words, can we still be Christian and still be cool? Can we be Christian and still be liked by our friends? Because say, say what you want, but at the end of the day, people still want to be accepted by other people. It's something that God put inside of us that desires both affirmation and acceptance. And you can sing all day long, as long as I got King Jesus. Don't need nobody else. It makes for a good song. But the truth of the matter is, I need you. You need me. I wish y'all would come on and go with me here. The truth of the matter is that, that, that when God put Adam in the Garden of Eden, the Lord looked at him and said, it's not good for you to be alone. God looked at humanity and said of it that humanity works best in tandem with each other which means that there is a need for relationship. There is a craving for companionship and for conversation and for doing life together with somebody. So there is a real tug and tension of being accepted and being approved and being affirmed by others and yet standing firm in your faith. This is the tension not felt simply by today's youth, but it's built by some of us too. I wish y'all would come on and admit it this morning. There are a lot of adults who find themselves bending their values and stretching their ethics or compromising their faith in order to remain friends. I'm gonna keep looking till you say amen. In order to remain friends or in order to, to, to maintain relationships or for politicians in order to get votes. Amen, somebody. Go alone to get alone. In fact, perhaps it's in the realm of politics where this is most visibly tested. I'll prove it to you. But most of us, most of us in here, whether Democrat or Republican, most of us can, can admit, if we're honest, that there are parts to our parties that are just too extreme on some issues. I wish y'all would come on and admit it here. That I know you're a good Democrat, I know you're a good Republican, but if you'll admit it, there's some parts to your party that'll just go too far. 
and it makes you as a Christian uncomfortable to vote because of where the party goes on the far extremes of their politics. Do I have a witness in here? Yeah, yeah, whether, whether it's guns on the right or whether it's abortion on the left, there are issues where our parties go too far right or too far left. So far, in fact, that such positions counter the tenets and the teachings of Christianity. And yet we find ourselves voting our party over our faith because we seek the affiliation, we seek the association, we seek even perhaps the affirmation of the party and our fellow members over an honest biblical worldview. It's mob mentality. And this morning's text helps us to answer the pressure of falling into the mob. This text helps Christians, young and old, to find their distinctive voice and stand on their distinctive values and represent their distinctive faith. Because hear me, being Christian must mean something. And it must mean more than you just showing up at church on Sunday. But being a Christian must mean something on the mall, in the mall on Monday. Being a Christian must mean something Tuesday when you're getting your touch up. Being a Christian must mean something on Wednesday in the workplace. Being a Christian must mean something on Thursday in the theater. A Christian must mean something on Friday when you're at the football game. Being a Christian must mean something on Saturday when you're doing whatever it is you do on Saturday. Christians must really be Christians in our values, in our voices, and in our living. My mentality. My mentality is nothing new. It's what we see in the story of the woman caught in adultery. You remember that story. The men brought her before Jesus and they all had rocks in their hands ready to kill her. It was a mob comprised of men who, in essence, were bullies. They were bullies who decided, watch this, to overlook one of their own. Because she couldn't have been caught in adultery by herself. But it, that's what a mob will do. A mob will overlook their own and make an enemy. They were bullies who saw an opportunity to make an example out of someone who was weaker and who was smaller and who was less able to defend themselves. They were bullies who decided to make fun out of someone else's torment, to make sport of someone else's failure or to exploit someone else for their own enjoyment. They were bullies. You see, bullying is nothing new. We talk about it like it's some new phenomenon that children are just now experiencing. It's been bullies from day one. Always been bullies. The problem today is that you have such behavior modeled from the highest office in the land. While the white evangelical church mostly remains silent. Unwilling to challenge or correct such behavior because it has, it has become too committed to mob-like politics rather than the gospel truth. The white evangelical church, you might as well say amen. 
has become too focused on political gains that it is unwilling to engage a conversation about ethics. A conversation about morality, a conversation about values, effectively losing any of its remaining moral standing. And when the church is too weak to condemn something as simple as bullying, when the church is too weak to stand up and say bigotry is wrong, when the church is too weak to stand up and say being bad boys and having bad boy behavior and bad boy language, even if it's just in the locker room, is wrong. If the church is too weak to have that conversation, then it has lost its prophetic voice to speak truth to power. And that is the danger of mob mentality. You get caught up in something and before you know it, you go further than you intended to go. It pulls you deeper than you were prepared to go. It drives you further than you expected to end. And I'm sure some of those men who were there with those rocks in their hands that day were there simply because they had some friends who had rocks in their hands. Where y'all going? We caught somebody in adultery. Here's a rock for you. Well, if y'all going, I'll go. And before you know it, a whole mob develops. Herein lies the first point that I want to make this morning. That is this. As followers of Christ, we must have a faith that stands up. A faith that stands up. Paul says in his writing in the text this morning, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice. You can stop right there. Paul challenges us to, first of all, be of the mindset that our faith requires us to present ourselves as being faithful. As living faithfully. And as offering ourselves and our lifestyle in faithful service to God. It's a stand-up kind of faith. Paul issues this challenge to us as one who offers himself as an example for others to follow. You remember what he says to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 11. He says, be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Paul believed that if we are disciples of Christ, that we ought to be able to present ourselves as examples for others to follow. I know you got hundreds of followers on Facebook. I know you got thousands of followers on Instagram. I know you got people all over the world following you on Twitter. They're reading and liking and sharing your posts, but how many of them are really following your example? How many of them are taking their cues from you? How many are patterning, patterning their lives and modeling their faith after you? Are you presenting yourself online and are you presenting yourself in person in such a way that your life stands up as light in a dark world? Because Jesus declared concerning his disciples that we are the light of the world, which means that we've got to have a stand-up faith. Oh, you're not going to shout today, but it's a good sermon anyhow. We got to have a stand-up faith. Let me ask you the question. Are you trying 
to fit in or stand up? Are you trying to fit in or stand up? Because standing up means not being ashamed of your faith. Standing up means not being ashamed of your savior. Standing up means not apologizing for your beliefs. Standing up means that you are willing to go on record and contend for the faith that you believe and for the Bible's teachings that are written therein. It is counterculture. And oftentimes it means that you've got to go against the grain. Stand up and swim upstream. Stand up and march to a different rhythm. That's why we sang the song this morning. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. It is increasingly difficult for Christians to stand firm in their faith. Now, let me say that the right way. It is increasingly difficult to see Christians stand firm in their faith. To stand without compromise, without wavering and without floundering and without cowering and without flip-flopping. Stand unapologetically, stand unashamedly, stand unconditionally for the cause of Christ. For the advancement of the church and for the teaching of the Bible. Pluralistic society of ours chips away steadily at the faith of the faithful in an attempt... <laughs> to advance a more universal and doctrineless message. You may have heard it recently, the gospel of inclusion. One such message that seems to be getting a second hearing from a less strident demographic of millennials whose values and perspectives around religion are quite different from previous generations. The recent Netflix movie, Come Sunday, tells the story of Carlton Pearson and his faith journey from being a well-known Pentecostal preacher to being excommunicated from the church and labeled a heretic for his now-held beliefs that there is no hell. And that in the end, everybody, regardless of their faith, will be saved. It's a universalism faith tradition that teaches inclusion of all regardless of faith or even in the absence of faith. And that plays well for today's less doctrine-focused churches that seem to be shaving away bit by bit those things that distinguish us as being the church of God. But take away what you will. Somehow, Bruce, I cannot get past the scripture that says... I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. I can't get away, pal, from the scripture that says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I, I can't seem to get that passage out of my mind that says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life there are those scriptures that just don't fit nicely with this so-called gospel of inclusion which is no gospel at all and as christians we must have a faith 
that stands up for the bloodstained banner of Jesus Christ declaring we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. That's a stand up faith. Quit apologizing for what you believe. Get a backbone and stand up. Quit acting like you got to agree with everybody for them to be your friend. Be a Christian and stand up. Stand on the word of God. Stand on the truth of God. And I'm not telling you to be mean, nasty, and ugly, but you ought to know what you believe and be willing to stand on it. I'm not telling you to condemn anybody to hell, but you ought to be willing to say God so loved the world that he gave Jesus as his only son. That's standing up. It's what you said. We ought to contend for the faith. Fight for what we believe. Other folk fight for what they believe. Why Christians so weak? Why Christians won't put on some gloves and, and put up some dukes and go head to head when it comes to doctrinal battles? Secondly, we must not only have a faith that stands up, but we need a faith that stands out. Paul continues, present your body's living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Paul calls for us as followers of Christ to have lives that are holy and acceptable. Now hear me, I know somebody saying, preacher, I'm Baptist. I know you Baptist. It ain't nothing that said Baptists ain't supposed to be holy. Holy is in your Bible. Holy is in my Bible. And I got news for you. Holiness is not a denomination. Holiness is something that God declared and commanded that we should be. He said, you be holy for I am holy. Quit making holiness about certain kinds of churches. If you a believer of God through Jesus Christ, you ought to live holy. If God has saved you by the redeemed blood of his son, you ought to live holy. If you've got the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you, you ought to wake up and go to sleep holy. Quit letting everybody else have in holiness. We ain't got no holiness in the Baptist church. Good God Almighty. Anybody holy in here? Anybody not ashamed that you're holy? Anybody know that your holiness is something that God gives you through his Holy Spirit? And each and every day he's working on you, making you more of who he is and less of who you are. Somebody ought to thank God today that he's still working on me, making me in his image and after his likeness. And I'm not everything. I ought to be not everything I'm going to be, but I'm not what I used to be because I am in the process of being made holy. Be holy and acceptable under God, which is your reasonable service. That's why he says later, be you not conformed to this world. In other words, don't 
let what the world approves become your measuring tape for personal behavior. I'm going to say that again. I still got a little ways to go. Don't, 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 let, don't, let, don't let what the world approves be your measuring tape for what you decide. Wish y'all would come on and go with me here. You, you ought to have a faith that stands out. Do I have a witness here? You, you need a faith that stands out from the rest and stands out from the crowd and stands out from the mob mentality that conforms and consumes us. Just because the government approves it does not mean you need to support it. I'm going to say it again. Just because the government approves it and legislates it does not mean that you ought to embrace it. There are places where my faith are diametrically opposed to the laws of man. And that's all right because man will create his own laws. But in the end, there is but one law that will stand the test of time. In the end, there is but one law. For I heard Jesus say, heaven and earth will pass away. Yeah, but not one jot or tittle of my word. In other words, my word will last forever. Man's laws change over time depending on which party is in power and Democrats come in power and they get more left right the religious right get in power they go more right but Jesus says my word will last forever can't nobody change but I'm happy about that because that means yesterday his word is the same today his word is the same tomorrow his word will be the same that's why the songwriter says, standing on the promises. I'll stand on them because everything else is shifting sand, but I can stand on the promises of God. Thirdly, thirdly, in the text Paul calls for us, have a faith that not only stands up and stands out, but a faith that stands against. Be you not, listen again, be you not conformed to this world. <coughs> But be ye transformed, there it is. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul says, don't let this world shape you by its standards. Stand out. But then stand against by being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul wants us to understand that if we're really going to stand up and stand out, that it begins by having our minds renewed. A mind that thinks differently. A mind that understands the world differently. A mind that sees the world through a different set of lenses. Remember, I told you last Sunday that you are a chosen generation. A holy nation. A royal priesthood. A peculiar people. And as such, that demands that we stand against evil. 
Stand against ungodliness. Stand against unholiness. Stand against unrighteousness. Stand against that which opposes the ways, the will, and the word of God. Stand against injustice and immorality wherever it exists. As Christians, as disciples, as lovers of Jesus Christ, we must stand against the mistreatment of humanity. Stand against greed that keeps people poor. Stand against systems that oppress others. Stand against racism. Stand against inequity. Stand against inequality stand against pride and elitism as the people of God we've got to stand against bigotry against hatred against sin there's some things we've got to stand against and make it clear where we draw the line wish some folk would just draw the lamps the sand the line in the sand and therefore, that's what they used to do in the old days. I dare you. Cross this line. I'm drawing a line in the sand and right here is where my faith begins. And if you cross it, I'm going to have to tell you something about Jesus. If you cross it, I'm going to have to tell you something about what I believe. If you cross this line, I'm through, y'all. But my soul is happy. But if they don't cross the line, really. Here it is, here it is, lastly, here it is. When you got a faith that stands up, a faith that stands out, and a faith that stands against, finally you can have a faith that stands still. A faith that stands still. When you're standing up, standing out, standing against, all the world says is right. Hear me and hear me well. You are going to make some enemies. I say when you're standing up, standing out, and standing against what the world approves of, you are going to make some enemies. You're going to find yourself in the crosshairs of somebody else's weapon. But good news this morning is that this is the kind of faith that you can stand on. Good news this morning is that you can stand and see the salvation of the Lord. Do I have a witness here? You can stand, stand still and watch the Lord fight your battle. And the Lord all right today. You can stand still and see that no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. In the Lord, all right, today, you can stand still and see that the Lord will make your enemies your footstools. Is there anybody here who can testify today that you had to take some hard stands in life? There have been some times you've had to draw the line in the sand. But when you had to stand there, you discovered that you weren't standing by yourself. In the Lord, all right today. But the Lord stood right by your side. Is there anybody in here who can testify today that God will stand by your side I say God will 
hold your hand and God will fight your battle for you that's what he told Moses that day he said stand still quit trying to do it yourself stand still you've done everything you're supposed to do now stand still because I'm going to do what you can't do stand still say yes say yes and the Lord I say the Lord will show up and fight for you I don't know who I'm talking to today but I need to tell somebody quit trying to fight your battle because I discovered the Lord is a battle axe quit trying to fight your enemy because I discovered that God will fight on your behalf and, and, and the thing about the Lord is he does not use conventional weapons but God will use weapons that you don't expect what, what are you talking about preacher I'm talking about weapons of praise God, God will use a good praise lifted up to heaven the old church used to say when the praises I say when the praises I say when the praises go up somebody ought to say blessings 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 come down So stand when you've done everything you know to do. Stand when you've done everything you can do. Stand when you've done everything the Lord has commanded you to do. And you can't do nothing else. Tell me what. Tell me what do you do when you've done all you can? It seems like it's never enough. Tell me what will you say when your friends turn away? What do you do? What do you do? You just stand. I dare you to stand. There's nothing left to do. You just stand. Oh, stand. Watch the Lord. The doors of the church are open. After you're done. After you're done. You're done all you can. Just stand. Just stand. Just stand. Hallelujah. The doors of the church are open. Come now, my letter, my Christian experience as a candidate for baptism.
For the message and we thank God for the messenger for God has truly blessed this church and we thank God for Reverend Buckley Sister Shaw has a statement she'd like to make to the church first of all I want to say thank you for continuing to pray for my mother and pray that I will have traveling grace back to Dallas because when I left Dallas the last time we got the money I was on a Greyhound bus and the bus tripped over in the ditch and turned upside, and I was on that bus. I should have been in Jackson at 9 o'clock that Sunday. When I got to Jackson, it was 8 o'clock Monday morning. So y'all just keep me in y'all prayers that I will have a safe trip back. And we have Brother Greg Grimes here. After you're done, wants to make a statement.
in that place, didn't know whether tomorrow would ever be possible. But thank God that he gave me family and friends. I said, Lord, if you just let me make it back to my family one more time. I've been on a journey for six months to get back here to say thank you. Thank you, Miss Lee, for every day you would send me a word of inspiration. Thank you, Brother Thickpin, because you've been my light, my strength. Thank you, Brother Kenny Williams, because I thought about you as they rolled me into surgery, not knowing if I'm coming out, but I thought about your strength. So I just want to say thank you for being a great family. You don't know until you go to that place, you get in that place, how much family that you have. I love you, Kay Chapel, and I always will keep you in my heart. God bless you. Everyone has come for prayer. And I'm going to ask if the brethren would just come in a little closer as we petition the throne of grace. I understand that there will be several members that are going to be traveling. And right here, right now, let us pray. Father God, we thank you. Lord God, we thank you. And if we all had 1,000 tongues, we couldn't thank you enough for what you have done for us and what you are doing for us right now. And Father, we even know that you're going to continue to bless us. So Father, we thank you for what you will do. Father, there are brothers and sisters that have come this morning asking for you to give them the strength and the protection that you will put your darling angels all around them as they go in and as they go out, up and down the dangerous highways. Father, we ask that you will plant your angels, bless them and protect them. We remind them that you are a God that is omnipresent, that there is nowhere that we can go where you are not there. That whether it's in Mississippi, whether it's Alabama, whether it's Louisiana or Texas, that you're there. That you are a God that sees all and that you know all. So right now, Father God, we ask that you will just do it. Do it, Father, in your miraculous own way. Keep them, protect them from dangers seen as well as dangers unseen. Father, we know you can if you will. And we dare not close this prayer without saying thank you. Thank you, Lord, for what we just heard from Brother Grimes. As he thanked you for his family. For we know none of us, none of us is an, is an island that no man stands alone. Thank you now for family. Thank you for a church family that prays for one another. Thank you for a pastor that cares. 
Lord, we just thank you for everything that you've done. And right now, we give it all to you. In the precious and the miraculous name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, amen. Amen. stand to stand here around this table of remembrance not in our own strength nor in our own righteousness but standing purely because God has redeemed us through his son Bible tells us that we are to examine ourselves not so much to see if we're worthy because of our good works but rather for God to shine his light from heaven upon our souls that we might offer confession confession for sin committed confession for things not done that should have been and then to rest completely on the saving grace and mercies of Jesus Christ we're reminded that this table is full of symbolism the table itself representing the tomb where Jesus body was laid the elements underneath this linen representing the body and blood of Jesus Christ and then this linen itself representing the grave clothes that wrapped the body of Christ. But you recall that early Sunday morning after the crucifixion that the body was not there. And the grave clothes had been taken off, wrapped and the napkin folded and put away as a sign and a symbol that Jesus had indeed risen from the grave just as he had promised. In symbolism of that, our deacons will proceed with the folding of the linen.
Father and our God, we do bless you and thank you. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for atonement. We thank you for redemption. And we thank you, O oh God, for the power of your spirit that sanctifies us. Oh God, now as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we pray that we will reflect more of your glory, more of your image, and more of your likeness in our ways, in our words, and in our will. In Jesus' name, amen. anyone with a gluten sensitivity we do have gluten-free wafers available so that you might partake in communion with us if you will identify yourself with the raising of your hand and Deacon Duvall will serve you with those wafers
blessed it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you likewise in the same manner he took the cup and blessed it saying this is the blood of the new testament which is shed for the remission of sin as often as we do this we do show forth his death and suffering until he comes again let us drink together sung a hymn they went out into the Mount of Olives. Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 God bless you. Go in peace. Amen.